Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 40 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I am here with Jody, and Jody is all the way from Australia. Welcome to the show, Jody. Thanks, Jasper. It's great to be on air with you. Yeah, we uh, we actually met last weekend at the Airbnb Open in San Francisco, which, uh, as as you probably know, is a is the biggest Airbnb event in the world. There was like five fifteen hundred hosts, and it was a great event. Uh, how how was your experience at Airbnb Open, Jody? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, my partner Rob and I decided as soon as it was announced to jump online and register uh, as soon as we could because we knew it would be just a, an awesome opportunity to network with other hosts from around the world, meet people from the Airbnb headquarters in San Francisco and, um, you know, get inspiration and ideas uh, and new perspectives and, and it certainly met all of those objectives. It was just fantastic. I heard it was pretty tough to register for the event because there were so many people who wanted to go and apparently it was sold out in four hours. Did you guys know like exactly when the registration uh, opened up and were you just really quick to register? Yeah, um, we, the information that came out from Airbnb indicated um, when registrations would be open online and I figured it's going to be really, really popular. So Mm -hmm. I felt, pardon me. I felt uh, a bit funny because I actually stayed up till 12 midnight to uh, register. So it was almost a little bit like trying to win tickets on the radio (laughs) for a concert or something. I was just like desperate to try and register. So we registered um, and, uh, yeah, as you said, it it, it did um, fill up really, really quickly. And, and unfortunately, there are a lot of people who wanted to go and couldn't, but Mm -hmm. um, hoping next year there'll be more capacity. Right. And next year it's going to be in Paris which they announced as well. So that'd be, that'd be fun. Absolutely. So Jody, um, how long have you been hosting on Airbnb? Well, originally I started uh, having guests come and stay in my guest room uh, in Melbourne just on an ad hoc basis. And I met them through, you know, other websites um, or through networks and friends. But I formally started hosting with Airbnb uh, in February of this year, of, of 2014. Mm-hmm. And... It really came around because I was moving in with my boyfriend, um, with Rob, uh, and I decided to rent out my whole apartment. uh, And the Airbnb platform provides such great, seamless ability for both the guests and the host to transact in a a safe way. And uh, I really enjoy the whole idea of um, not just opening up my home, but opening up my experiences and and making people feel welcome. So it, it felt very natural for me to, to go with that platform. And your apartment is in Melbourne? 
That's right. So I have a, a really great two-bedroom apartment and um, whenever I check guests in, they often say, you know, oh, surely you couldn't leave this and, you know, it's so awesome. It has beautiful views. But uh, I get such a thrill about other people enjoying it that mm -hmm. um, it makes it really worthwhile. Right. And is it in, a, in the centre of town or is it in, in a suburb? Well, um, Melbourne is quite densely populated, so um, the central business area uh, is um, about 10 minutes uh, away by tram uh, from my apartment. So um, the apartment's located on St Kilda Road, which is a beautiful boulevard with beautiful trees that overlooks gardens. And in fact, from my apartment, you can see the, uh, the tennis centre where the Australian Open's held uh, and right through over the parklands and, and city views. And it's actually fantastic at New Year's because you get to see the great fireworks as well. Mm -hmm. And um, did everything go... Uh, as planned from from the start did you immediately get like lots of bookings and or, or did it take a little while for things to get started well i think it actually took off a lot more quickly than i thought it would um my background's in the tourism industry so i think that was very helpful about being mindful about the sort of things that guests expect mm -hmm. so i spent quite a lot of time with um in the planning and thinking about making sure that the apartment has all the things that somebody needs it was sort of a bit easier because it was already furnished but mm -hmm. um i think it's really important for hosts to consider everything from through the eyes of their guests and um, not just move removing personal belongings which um, might be perceived as clutter but thinking about the sort of things that people need mm -hmm. and I think um, in our listing we made sure that we include quite detailed information so for example you know if you're traveling from Rio or, or somewhere from around the world you don't want to be lugging your hair dryer so mm -hmm. we make sure people are aware of the facilities and the, and the, um, the features of the apartment so that they know what to expect um, mm -hmm. we've been really really delighted with the bookings and we've had great experiences with our guests awesome yeah I think uh, I think that's really a, a good idea to put yourself in the position of the of the guest, of the traveler, and just walk into your own apartment and, and, and just think, what would I need if, if I was traveling and I just had a suitcase of, of clothes with me? And uh, hairdryer is definitely very essential. Uh, it's something that I've learned the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you don't ha didn't have one in your apartment? Or? Uh, no, being a guy, I, I didn't really use uh, a hairdryer that much. So okay. when I had my first female guest, it was the, the first thing that uh, I learned. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, the other things we, we learnt um, early on putting our listing on Airbnb was um, the importance of having amazing photography. Um, and Airbnb offered that as a service, as you know, right. um, to hosts. And we took advantage of that. And, and my partner, Rob, also is a great photographer. So what we did, we sort of blended um, a range of photos, but not just of the interior of the property, um, mm -hmm. of the apartment. So I think it's really important for guests to get a sense of the neighbourhood. So yeah. we took photos of outside. So, for example, you know, just downstairs, um, there's two bike share um, pods where you can um, borrow a bike and um, it's a really cheap cost. Um, and there's trams, uh, there's convenience store there's a, um, a bottle shop across the road so they're those sort of um, local amenities we've included in our photos and I think um, the guests have got a really good sense of um, you know what's in the in the neighborhood mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's uh, definitely a good idea. I recently added a screenshot of a speed test that I did uh, for my internet because I, I got somebody asking uh, how fast the internet was. So I figured instead uh -huh. of writing in my description the speed, uh, I figured I'd just go to speednet, uh, no, speedtest.net. I just run the speed test and then uh, I took a screenshot and I just added it to my picture so people can actually see exactly how fast the internet is. Great idea. I'm going to do that straight away because that is a question a lot of people ask. And yep. a lot of people also ask about the size of the rooms and mm -hmm. I couldn't understand why that was. But I guess people, particularly from cultures where um, the apartments are really, really small, are wanting to sort of make sure that they're having sufficient space. So, uh -huh. um, But, oh, thanks for that suggestion, Jasper. I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, some people are pretty particular about the internet speed and this is something that I can appreciate because I – pretty much depend on, on, on the internet uh, wherever I go. So I also uh, want to know for sure that, you know, the internet's fast where, where, when I'm staying at an Airbnb place. It's interesting you say that because uh, I went to stay at an Airbnb in Perth recently and um, on the listing it included internet and I thought, oh, that's great. Like you, I travel a lot, you know, it's important for me to be online. Mm -hmm. And when I arrived, the um, the host had um, a little post-it note on a small dongle, um, the portable device, and said, if you want internet, you need to um, pay with your credit card online. And I, I just rang her and I said, that's not offering internet, that's a big pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think it's important for hosts to be mindful about the convenience and sort of being upfront about things like yeah. that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, your listing just needs to be a very accurate represent, representation of, of, of your uh, of your space. And if anything, you want to uh, underpromise and overdeliver, right? Because people base That's their right. expectations on, on on your listing. So if you if you go beyond, if it's better than what you state on your listing then people are going to be really happy and that's going to lead to those five-star reviews that's right and <laughs> I, I think the reviews are um such an essential part of the airbnb um, platform and community i mean it gives hosts the opportunity to have an insight in the way that guests behave and, and will treat their home uh, but it also helps guests make those decisions because obviously there's lots of choices around mm -hmm. and but so many guests are looking for more than just a bed they're looking for an experience of a local community and um and sort of belonging so uh yeah, and I learned at the Airbnb Open, a lot of hosts actually are very explicit with their guests about what they expect about the review. And um, and if I'm always open to feedback, and, and certainly if there's any issues, you know, I'll deal with it straight away. But uh, I, I really learned from the Airbnb Open in San Francisco that perhaps um, there's an opportunity to be a bit more direct with guests about um, why it's important for them to give um, that review. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed in your profile, on your listing, um, you you wrote quite a quite a bit of content on your on your profile, the story about yourself. Uh, did you did you think about doing that? Did you do that intentionally or? Yes, I did. I did it intentionally for a couple of reasons. One is. Uh, I'm very proud of the achievements I've made and, and the things that I'm interested in and I, I wanted our guests to know that I'm, we're very open-minded and accepting and, and by that I mean, um, you know, guests who come from all around the world want to feel accepted and belong and uh, I think that's been very helpful for us in terms of attracting just a real diversity of people mm -hmm. and 
that's one of the things I really love about hosting. Uh, I mean, we've had over uh, 50 guests just in my apartment alone and um, they've been ranging from lecturers from universities right through to uh, people for the World AIDS Conference in Melbourne in July this year and then the Jehovah's Witness Conference where we had 70,000 Jehovah's Witnesses from all around the world in Melbourne. Um, so I think in my profile I really tried to give people a sense of who I am mm -hmm. so that they could feel that um, they'd feel comfortable with me. And even yep. though I don't live on the property um, in the apartment, I think uh, it, it's still part of sort of being open yeah, it's, I think it's great to uh, to have a, an elaborate profile because part of the reason why people like to stay at Airbnbs is the is the personal experience, right? The the you know the the connection that you can make with your with your host. And if you if you have a, a profile with a lot of information, then that increases the chance that somebody's going to read something that uh, that person can relate to, and that. I think that increases the chance of, of, the, of uh, getting a booking. I think you're right. And, and what I've noticed as well is that uh, people already who've read that profile of, of mine um, have questions that they want to know about things that I've done. So, for mm -hmm. example, I used to be the CEO of a not-for-profit organisation. So, for some people, that's quite interesting and they want to know more about that or it might be relevant to their career. Yep. And um, I used to be a host on a a travel show on the radio and so that's a sort of opening up for conversation as well and, right. and likewise with our guests um, often people especially first-time users to Airbnb have very minimal information on their on their profile in mm -hmm. fact they might only have you know a few little bits of verification of information um, I'm not so concerned if they don't have reviews because ultimately we all have to start somewhere mm -hmm. and uh but uh, what I do suggest to people is that, firstly, they must have a photo of themselves. <laughs> um, right. I think that's really important so that you know mm -hmm. who's turning up at your home. And then secondly, uh, that they need to also ask their friends or family or even work colleagues for a reference. Um, that helps give a bit of a sense of the person and, and who they are. Absolutely, yeah. I notice you always respond to every single review even I do. If, it, if in, even if it's uh, it's positive, well, I think you only have positive reviews. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do, and and the reason I think that's important is, um, firstly, I really appreciate guests taking the time to review um, their experience of staying uh, at my place, mm -hmm. uh, and secondly, I think it does show. I guess, a level of um, attention and um, I think some otherwise things could be left just sort of hanging. So I like to sort of uh, acknowledge what people have said. Uh, and there's, look, there's always great things you can learn and, and sometimes people will put that in their written review. Sometimes they'll put it as private feedback or sometimes, you know, I, I certainly welcome them to, to let me know just over the phone or face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. And some of the things you learn are just um, really helpful uh, about things that can be improved Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, one guest recently asked for um, some international power adapters. Now, I already travel with those myself, and I thought most people would do that themselves. But, you know, that was a good suggestion, so I've put those into the apartment. Yeah, that's great. That's definitely something that's very, very useful. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's great that you, uh, that you respond to all the reviews. It's funny, I used to, uh, I used to do some some SEO, some search engine optimization, uh, and I was helping uh, some hotels 
um, get more get more traffic, get more get more guests. And what I notice is on TripAdvisor, you you also you can uh, you can leave a reply when you when somebody reviews your place, right? And I noticed that hotels never responded to to any reviews, even bad ones. And it's it's that's really bad, I think, because it really shows that you're that you're taking your um, you know your hospitality serious if you if you respond to to uh, to review see whether they're bad or good. And I agree completely. Yeah, and it's like uh, and 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 if you do get a bad review, I mean, if if you have let's say you have over a hundred guests, a hundred reviews or something, and there's one bad one. I think everybody understands that there's always that one person who's going to complain, right? So, if you respond to to that bad review in in a polite and professional way, it may actually improve uh, your your image as a host. You know what I mean? Absolutely, I, I think you're right, Jasper. Because um, there are different personal perspectives sometimes to things and influence the way that people respond. I, I think the thing about travel is that people are often out of their own comfort or uh, comfort zone, and not all travel is for leisure. So by that I mean, you know, sometimes people are travelling for very profound personal reasons, and. Um, sometimes people are quite, feel quite vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they might actually be undergoing quite an enormous personal change. Um, they might be relocating for work. Um, they might be having, uh, you know, relationship challenges. And I think, you know, as a host, we have to sort of bear in mind that people who travel aren't always in a really good place in, personally. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a distinction between what are the things that happened and that could be improved and, and um, you know, that people can learn from as a host? Um, and then what else is happening for people is on a very personal and individual level? And I always keep that in mind because, um, you know, some of our guests are staying, um, you know, before they're moving overseas, for example, and, you know, they're saying goodbye to friends and family and there's lots happening for them. So as a host, it's really important to reach out and provide support. And I don't mean as a counsellor, you know, I don't mean overstepping boundaries, but right. just as a sort of, um, you know, genuine care and friendship to help people um, at, at a time when they're going through quite a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. How do you manage your property, by the way? Do you check in all the guests yourself and do you, how do you, how do you manage the cleaning and, and the check-in, check-outs? Well, initially I managed the check-ins and check-outs myself um, and that was when I was working full-time with employment um, for a not-for-profit organisation and that was quite difficult because I sort of had to try and juggle that and, and fit that around my schedule at work and just still try and meet the guest needs. But um, throughout this year I've, I've made a number of changes and Airbnb's helped me uh, identify really what's important to me and I've made some decisions such as leaving my full-time job mm -hmm. and um, so I do consulting work in the not-for-profit sector and my partner and I have set up our business called Guest Ready and we actually help hosts manage their properties and, and help them be the best hosts that they can be to deliver the best experiences for guests. Mm -hmm. So um, when we made those decisions, we then identified that, well, we can't be everywhere all at once, especially when we travel. So we've... Um, 
identified a, a couple of key people who've got great interpersonal skills, they're really reliable and um, they're really good at time management and they um, are well-travelled as well. So they've had a lot of experience working with people from different cultures. Mm-hmm. So um, at the moment, really in the last sort of six months, we've done the majority of the check-ins ourselves, um, which I really enjoy. And uh, we do have um, a team of people who can help out as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So they know the properties intimately. We're managing four at the moment. Um, They know how everything works and they're really resourceful and they know and love Melbourne. So when our guests ask particular questions, they know how to help them with that. And with the cleaning, I've never been a fan of cleaning. I mean, I've always kept my apartment really clean, but I'd much rather spend my time doing more fun things. Mm -hmm. So um, I've had a cleaner come in, in the past, and but now certainly in, since February this year, I've had a cleaner who um, looks after the whole apartment, everything from changing the linen to um, everything clean in the apartment, and it's working out really well. And so now you know she works across all four properties, and um, it's a great great thing for her and for us. Mm-hmm. And those people that help you with the chickens, how do you compensate? them uh well they're all self-employed and they've got other activities underway um and what we do is we uh, pay them uh, for the check-in on a flat rate Mm -hmm. so sometimes what happens with guests is that they're you know delayed because their flight's been delayed or something and we made a decision with with our, our team to um, instead of just charging hourly rates that keep going and going perhaps is to be more flexible about it and uh, in return um, that means that you know we give them uh, work on a regular basis and you know they're, they're loyal to us uh, and it works out well um, but we've also set um, some really good communication protocols with our guests so that they're really clear and they understand about the check-in process so these are apartments, so people can't just check themselves in with a keypad on the outside. Mm-hmm. So we make sure that we communicate with the guests um, at least uh, two weeks prior to their arrival so that they understand that uh, we're going to be at the apartment at a certain time and that when they arrive uh, in Melbourne Airport, you know, they SMS us or they use WhatsApp something like that when they've got Wi-Fi and they communicate with us along the way. So that means for our check-in staff or, or for us, you know, we're not sitting around waiting for a whole bunch of time. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a pretty good system. Yes, it works really well. And I think that, it, you know, as you'd be aware, you learn along the way. And, um, you know, I always ask as well what mode of transport people are using because, uh, you know, there's one time when a guest came from Singapore and, um, was telling us that they would be there at a certain time, but in fact they caught the uh, airport shuttle bus that then dropped off at about you know thirty hotels, no. and it took an extra two hours. So you know, asking pe- the guests exactly what mode of transport they're taking helps you then determine yeah. how long it's going to take. Yep, that's a, that's something that I uh, that I do as well. I also always ask for the the flight number so that uh, you can actually check to see if the flight arrived on time. Ah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I ask for what time the arrival of their flight is, but not their flight number. Yeah. Another thing that we've learnt as well, uh, I'm a big fan of Google calendars, and um, what I do is with all the booking information from the Airbnb website, I actually put uh, all of the check-in information in the Google calendar. So, for example, um, when you sync your 
your Airbnb calendar with Google, it only has very basic information. But what I do is copy that into a new calendar with mm -hmm. more information about um, if there's children, um, if they need a cot, um, if they are here in Melbourne for a particular reason. So that helps when we're doing the check-in to sort of um, tailor what we're talking about yep. uh, specifically for the guest. And we also, uh, if they have any special needs or requirements, so if they have disabilities and they need certain things moved around, then that helps us as well. And I share that with our cleaners and our check-in team, and that means everybody's on the same page. Okay, yeah. That's a great idea. Seeing that's how we learn from each other. That's right, absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about your um, your website, Guest Ready, and, and the services that you offer. How did you... How did you come to, to start helping others with, with Airbnb? Well, initially, when we started listing our own property, um, and it was very successful from the beginning, uh, a number of friends were asking about how, how could they go about it. Um, and we decided to really sort of channel our expertise to support other people to do it really well. We're not advocating that everybody should list their spare room or apartment or house on Airbnb. I mean, firstly, that would mean that there'd be heaps in the marketplace um, and maybe too too much of an oversupply. And secondly, not everybody is suited to this sort of work, um, whether it's in an informal way or, or you know, as a business. Um, so what we try and do is help people understand what's involved in hosting, whether you're out on site or whether you're um, doing it remotely, and help people make really good choices. And there's a lot of things for people to consider. And I guess the way that we look at things is um, a bit more of a global view. And we help people identify, firstly, is this for them? And if they're going to go ahead, then to give them the support that they need to make sure that they do it really well. Mm -hmm. So we've developed some great resources, checklists, and templates uh, and we've also uh, we coach people around Australia via Skype uh, to help them with things along the way we're not interested necessarily in growing our portfolio of, of properties or listings um, there are some companies who do that and they do that really well mm -hmm. where we're really interested in uh, and our niche is about uh, the training and support and resources for hosts mm -hmm. and even um, the issues that communities and local governments and government um, have in other jurisdictions uh, to make sure that um, they understand the sharing economy, that they actually can adapt their way of thinking mm -hmm. um, to think about the benefits and then how everybody can be living harmoniously uh, rather than a sort of reactive approach to um, going over the top with lots of regulation. And how do you, how much do you charge for, for managing a listing? Well, it does differ depending on the, on the situation. So, for example, one of our clients uh, lives overseas and has a, a two-bedroom house that he has had rented out for the last, um, you know, number of years. And he wanted everything from the furniture purchasing to the assembling right through to um, uh, interior design you know, right through to putting, you know, all the cups and crockery and everything in. So that was a, a sort of fixed price for our time mm -hmm. to set up. Um, and so we charged uh, him for that. And then on top of that, we charged for the actual items of furniture in an itemised way. Um, and then he also needed some work doing on the house with different tradespeople. 
mm-hmm. and we project manage that. So that's sort of a bit of a different scenario. But right. once the property is actually ready for listing, what we do is we have um, uh, we each time there's a booking, we charge a fee. So if we're dealing with inquiries from guests and it doesn't result in a booking, we don't charge our hosts for that. Mm-hmm. So we're very confident that um, the, we can give our in, pe- people who are inquiring accurate and great information in, and respond to them really quickly that converts into a booking. And then secondly, we have um, a fee for check-in. So, for example, that's $39 um, for our hosts um, to, to pay for that check-in. And um, that enables us to either do it ourselves or we get other people to do it. And then we've got a cleaning charge, which depends on whether it's a one, two or three mm-hmm. bedroom place. Right. Interesting. So you, you charge a flat fee because I know there's a lot of short stay management companies these days. Like I think every major city has at least uh, two or three now. And most of them charge a percentage of the, of the revenue. So That's right. it's interesting that you charge uh, a flat fee. Yeah, we looked at a range of different models um, and we compared them. I guess our focus is on having a fee structure that's equitable for both our clients who are sort of the hosts in a way um, and uh, and for us as, as a business and also not passing on those additional costs mm-hmm. to, to guests. So um, you're right, there are different ways of doing that, but we're really focusing more on the coaching side of things um, yeah. and the, the property management side gives us great experience and insight and um, enables us to engage with guests um, and we really enjoy that, but we're really wanting to grow the other side of things. Yeah, I think it actually makes sense to charge a flat fee because imagine somebody books uh, books a place for like a month, then that's not going to be a lot of work, right? Because it's just one booking. So if you charge a percentage, then you you know you would charge quite a lot of money for the for just uh, managing that one booking. But if if let's say during a month you have fifteen different bookings of two nights each, then obviously there's going to be much more work. So I think it makes sense to charge uh, a flat fee just per check-in and, and per booking. Yeah, I, I, certainly the feedback from our clients is that they just like it because it's simple. Yeah. Um, and it also means we're not sort of having to vary, you know, the invoicing all, all around the place. But I think the key is that it's more equitable. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Awesome. So, uh we're almost at the end of this interview. Uh, I have one more question for you, Jody. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us uh, a really funny or uh, a bad experience with, with Airbnb? Or, or it could also be uh, a, a good experience, but something that stand, that stand out. Oh, certainly. Um, well, I, I just love the interaction with all of our guests. They're so interesting. I, I think... Um, one that really stands out was a, a recent guest who came from um, interstate to, to Melbourne for a month and she had um, made a decision to retire and her whole purpose for coming to Melbourne was to sort of think about what she wanted to do next and what I really loved about meeting her was that she could see the opportunity to sort of have this space um, in Melbourne, in the apartment on Airbnb just for her to think about what next and she was, we, we got along really well right from, you know, even as we were corresponding via email and, and when she checked in, you know, it was great to meet her and um, I, I would, you know, occasionally SMS her just to make sure she was happy and fine and um, 
and everything went really well. And a friend of ours is a performer, um, and she was she had a performance uh, at the Melbourne Fringe Festival, and I bought um, a sort of small booth um, to a number of tickets, and I thought, oh well, who do I know who might like to come along? And I, I contacted our our guest who was staying for the month and asked her just randomly, you know. I've got some spare tickets, you know, I'm going out with some friends, would you like to come? And she accepted and she just had such a wonderful time and we did as well. My friends loved meeting her and uh, we all went out for dinner afterwards and, in fact, I had to head off and, and do something else uh, later that evening. But she went out further with my friends and they went and had some more cocktails. So I just um, – what I loved about that experience was that, firstly, we had a really great connection, but secondly, that I felt like I could open – other aspects of my personal life to her. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people think that you have to be living in the apartment or the house as a host to provide that sort of opportunity for your guests. But, in mm -hmm. fact, you know, I've done those sort of things a number of times um, with our guests and I, I don't live there on site, but it still enriches their experience and, and you know, it enriches mine. So she was certainly someone who, who was really standout positive. Awesome. That's a great experience. So, Jody, um, just to be clear, you your company helps not just people in Melbourne, right? Anyone, That's correct. We've, anyone who yeah. needs help with Airbnb, they can they can contact you. That's correct. And um, so we have coaching services where uh, we can help people identify what their goals are and then help them through step by step. But also some of our clients are people who are current hosts. And what I'm finding is that sometimes people get into it and they didn't realise how much work it would be or they need some help to streamline things mm -hmm. or their reviews might not be so good. So some of the things we can help with is to help um uh, hosts who are currently uh, as hosts and also for people who are making transitions in their life. So they might be um, planning to travel overseas and they're trying to identify ways that they can have things running smoothly whilst they're away and we can help them set up those really good systems and approaches. Awesome. So for the people who are maybe interested in, in checking out uh, what you have to offer, where can people look? Yeah, they can go to our website, which is guestready.com.au, and um, we're also on Facebook as Guest Ready, so people can get in touch. And even if they have questions or they just want a little bit of information, we can um, be happy to help them, guide them in the right direction. Great. So everybody, check out this website, guestready.com.au, and I'll obviously put a link in the show notes that people can find at www.getpaidforyourpet.com slash podcast. Jody, thank you so much for, for joining us. It was a, a pleasure to, uh, to talk to you and to learn about your experience. And uh, I hope we'll, we'll see each other again at the, at the Paris, in Paris for the Airbnb Open. Thank you, Jasper. It's great to be on air and, and thank you also for your book as well. I've, I've read it before and uh, it was really helpful and, you know, it's, it's great to be involved. So I look forward to meeting you again. Great. Thank you very much, Jody. And that brings us to the end of this episode. As always, every Monday and every Thursday, there will be a new episode waiting for you. And if you want to learn more about Airbnb hosting, you can go to getpaidforyourpad.com where you can download the first few chapters of our book and you can 
find we have blog posts we have all sorts of information and resources for you so go ahead and check it out and we'll see you next time get paid for your pet 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 get paid for your pet